I'm Ross. Um, I'm a film nerd who's always winding people up with my knowledge of who's been and what with who. Hi, I'm Johnny. I've always seemed to wind up people with their difference of opinion on the films uh, that we watch. We'll be talking through things, film, TV, games and entertainment, and we hope that you join in with us too. 2019. Yeah. All those decades ago, it feels like now. <laughs> and the thing uh, of the year. Yeah. Well, I decided that I hadn't gone to the cinema enough and there were a lot of films I missed, which were on my watch list, basically. Okay. So I decided in January to create a 2020 movie watch list. And as you can imagine, some of these films now have been pushed back till next year and beyond because of some reason or other. I'm not going to say the word, but <laughs> we all know why. Yeah. Um, but some of them have come out and I've got to say, there are some that I've thoroughly enjoyed and some admittedly one, well, even two actually looking at this list, which I actually turned off before the end because I just didn't like it. And I think you might have something to say about that. So oh, um, I am so looking forward to this list already. <laughs> so uh, to start the list, I had 21 Bridges. Uh, I also had Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Ghostbusters Afterlife which God knows when that's coming out now. Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, Black Widow. Yeah. Free Guy. Uh, yeah. Bad Boys for Life. I'm a oh, fan of yeah. that franchise. Yeah. yeah. The King's Man. Uh, Joker. Um, Zombieland Double Tap. Nice. Uh, Terminator Dark Fates. Ooh, okay. Uh, Motherless Brooklyn. Uh, Last Christmas, because apparently there's uh, some twist to the end of that. I've got no idea what it is. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, the Gentleman. Right. Uh, James Bond, No Time to Die. No Time uh, for COVID, more like. Go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jumanji, Next Level. Right. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Um, Le Mans 66, or Ford versus Ferrari, if you're listening in America. <laughs> Uh, yep. Shazam, right? Uh, Mary Poppins Returns, okay. <laughs> Glass, oh, uh, okay, yeah. Dumbo, the re-release, not the re-release, the uh, live-action remake. Live-action version, yeah. Yeah, uh, Hotel Mumbai. Uh, okay. Wonder Woman 1984, which I think is going to be Wonder Woman 1990 by the time it comes out. Uh, Tenet. Right. Uh, yeah, John Wick yep. 3. Yeah. Um, Breakdown. Now, that is a classic 1997 movie. Break. Kurt Russell. Love it. Okay. Um, now, 1917 and Hoobie Halloween. Ooh. So, any, uh, any comments on that list there, Johnny? So, there's a couple on the early start of that list. There's the Star Wars one, which of... This is my thing. I've I've thoroughly loved watching Star Wars, including the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. I remember going to see the original trilogy re-release with my uncle in what was the UCI in Swansea. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, now other cinemas are also available. Um, and I remember going to see Phantom Menace, uh, Attack of the Clones, uh, Revenge of the Sith. I remember seeing those films and I thoroughly enjoyed them. When I went to see, and I will come to The Rise of Skywalker, when I went to see, you know, the new franchise, I watched episode seven and thought, well, there we go. This is episode four again. Mm -hmm. um, Tatooine. It's not Tatooine, but, you know, the, there's a planet, the young person who's clearly got a connection with the Force. Yeah. Etc. You know, the Millennium Falcon also happened to be on the same planet. That's a really bizarre coincidence. <laughs> it felt very lazy as writing, as you know, as same with episode eight. However, okay. episode nine was amazing. Yeah, it was superb. There was, it was faultless um, from start to finish. I think the only thing that really found weird was the sword that opened up to reveal the location of um, 
the item, what's it called, to get them to the, the, the Sith planet. All right, yeah. Hmm. Apart from that little bit weirdness, um, I can't fault it. I thought it was fantastic. There was yeah. it was so good. It was it was you were involved. It was intense. It was not like the other eight films that have come before it, <laughs> to me in any way, shape, or form. Mm. And you know when the spoilers alert uh, when the final battle towards the end and there's like no hope, and then you hear Lando coming in with like the armada of rebels. You're like, oh, dude, mm. this just got real. Yeah, which for yeah. a sci-fi movie is a bit weird. Um, but <laughs> in itself, that that to me was like this. This is just phenomenal. That that massive battle, that sheer weight of how many uh, deaths, uh, not uh, star destroyer ships, battle cruisers that were there, mm. was just intense. Yeah, it, it kind of gave each side a bit of um, scale, didn't it? Because. Yeah. Historically, you just see one or two ships, maybe three, yeah. and you think, right, well, you know, you hear about how many others they've got, but you never can really see it and gauge it for yourself. No. So, yeah, I think definitely. Although, uh, that being said, good. although that was a, an amazing uh, battle scene, still yeah. my favourite one comes from episode eight, where okay. the transporter is trying to outrun that massive, I mean, massive imperial, I don't know, giant wing ship. Mm. And it just about turns and goes light speed through it. Yes. Like, that was incredible. That was good. That was really good. Um, I did have an issue, though. I think I'm pretty sure it was that episode. It might have been, they've all blended into one now, to be honest. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, when Princess Leia, spoiler alert, <laughs> sure. uh, when she uh, dies in, in inverted commas, yeah. and uh, she then floats out into space, and then she uses the force to come back, and I thought, what, what are you doing? What, what's going on here? Do you know the yeah. bit I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that is a little bit. It just felt really out of place. Yeah. Yeah, that does feel a bit. Uh, play. Yeah, now you know when you like someone's point. I just yeah, that's really weird. Why didn't you just like hang on for a little bit and go hi, bye? Mm. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I quite like with the the later trilogy was the sort of not cameos, but like the sort of guest starring roles in itself. Like, yes, they weren't like yeah. someone walking through the background. Oh my god, that's so and so. It's no, no, no. They are a character. They've got lines. They are proper. Mm. Integral, not integ- well, part of that storyline for that section, and you've got like, um, you're talking Simon Pegg in the first one, yes, and you've also yeah. who's the other one I quite like from um, Bottom Ed. No, oh, I know what you mean. Uh, you only like you've had the name and it's gone. <laughs> And it's like, you know, you. this is the worst part when you talk, like, talk about films, like, yeah, so-and-so, and it's like this person, and it's, uh, yeah. you know, you're trying to remember, and, oh, Aide Edmondson. Aide Edmondson, yeah. Aide Edmondson. Yeah. Eddie. Eddie, oh yeah, Aide Edmondson, <laughs> and he's in it, and it's, he's just waiting for him to just sort of, just br- a little bit break into bottom. Just yeah. just a little bit, and I think, you know. I've seen him in a few things, actually, where I felt exactly the same way. Um, there's a couple of um, like police dramas that he's been in, yeah. And uh, he plays like the um, the the lead character's boss, so yeah. he's obviously someone of, of authority. And uh, you just it, it's difficult to take him seriously in some cases because he has been so slapstick in loads of stuff he's done yeah. historically. But he's brilliant. He's a really great writer. Yeah, really he's a fantastic good. director. He's a great actor. And, you know, I've seen him in uh, Jonathan Creek and he was married to one of the characters in it or mm. it was a fiance or some relation to that. And even in then, you're like, he's brilliant. And you yeah. see him in other things, obviously, like Star Wars and, um, as you say, the other police dramas and stuff. And he's just really, really good yeah. at what he's, uh, what he's saying and stuff and obviously performing and stuff. I haven't watched it in a while, but I know he had a recurring role in Casualty as well. The uh, the UK 
hospital drama. Um, nothing like what we see in America. <laughs> nothing at all like, uh, I mean, what we got, ER, uh, Grey's Anatomy, nothing yeah. like that. No. Nothing. No. It's British um, drama, so someone's from yeah. the sea being the most dramatic. <laughs> I don't know. There was an episode where an oil tanker crashed into the hospital. Some I, f- I feel how that isn't the same as spilled a cup of tea. It yeah. just was a bit stickier. Yes. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> then the other British one is uh, Hogwarts City. Yeah, that's a spin-off, isn't it? Of uh, yeah. Casualty. Yeah. I find it odd to do a spin-off of a hospital drama with another hospital drama. I mean, I feel like America's got the right uh, recipe for spin-offs because you follow up a, a hospital drama with like a fire station or yeah. police drama, for example. Yeah. yeah. That's great, isn't that? I mean, and it's station 19, is it, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, that's it. And you also yeah. got uh, Chicago Fire, Chicago Hope, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and Chicago PD. Nice. Because uh, Wifey's watched all of Grey's and I think she's did Station 19. I'm not sure she's up to date with it or not, but I know that's what Uh, she she has been watching. uh, My wife is totally up to date with all of that. (laughs) She is part of Shondaland. Oh, Christ. I know, I know. (laughs) So what else you got on this list? Let's go through the couple. What what, what do you want to chat about then? Um, Okay, so... Let's have a look. We talked about Star Wars. Yeah. Um, one of the other ones I've seen recently, which actually really surprised me how much I enjoyed it, was Terminator Dark Fate. Have you seen that? I haven't. I want to so badly. It is. I really enjoyed that yeah. franchise, apart from yeah. Genesis. Yeah. Well, one thing I will say, it doesn't give anything away, but um, obviously James Cameron returns to... Yeah, uh, yeah James Cameron, isn't it? He returns to it. And uh, he, you right? Yeah, I'm listening. Oh, you're fact-checking me, are you? I'm just, I'm just double-checking. <laughs> anyway, he, he so, returns to the franchise. With the, obviously, this recording, and i got two massive TVs ready to go. Oh, I forgot about that one. Right, okay, sorry. Um, so, go on, continue, sorry. Yeah. So, with um, D- Terminator Dark Fates, you know, he returns to the franchise see, uh, for the first time. No? He doesn't. It's Tim Miller. But he's he's part of the. Um, Dur- I'm sure he's part of the crew. Director's credit producer? goes to Tim Miller. Okay, is he a producer then? Because I know he's come back to the franchise. Let's have a look. His story. Oh, oh well, there we go. He's yeah. had some involvement then. He's a writing. He's he's got story by uh, James Cameron. You've got David S. Goyer, um, and just Rhodes, Billy Ray. You know these, but. He's not director. Tim Miller is. Okay, all right, fair. I take that back then. But the fact that he come back to the uh, to the franchise in some way, then yeah, um, you can tell he's had some involvement because it's uh, again. I don't want to give anything away for you, but it's almost like it immediately picks up after the second film, the classic. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it, it almost just deletes everything else that we've seen since then. And just creates its own continuation. You know, it's, it's so good, and that's just happening in the, in the opening sort of five minutes of the film. Jeez, and it's it's fantastic. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I I really enjoyed even the Christian Bale part of the, of the franchise, hmm. which again, yeah, that was good. It's a little bit weird, but it was a really good part of it. It was yeah. you know the the robot that didn't know was a robot. Had um, Matt Smith in as well, didn't it? The Doctor. Yes. Yeah, that was a. a, I'm glad he got that role because. I mean, most people who play the Doctor, they tend to get typecast, then, don't they? But uh, I mean, I I don't know, Mike. I don't mind David Tennant. Yeah, I was going to say recently. David Tennant has been has has completely destroyed that trend because you look, he's done. um, Well, the most recent one was about the serial killer, wasn't it? Yeah. That was, and that was a bloody good show. Really good. Um, um, and then you've got the... the um, what's the thing they're doing with BBC at the moment? Staged. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, he's also the voice of Scrooge McDuck in DuckTales. That's true. I know it's not always the case, but I know... 
what's his name now? Peter, uh, no, not Peter Capaldi. He's the latest one. Uh, I've forgotten his name now. The guy that came back to the role, Chris Freckleston. Uh, back to the role? Yeah, well, he came back to... Oh, he started the like, new, the new yeah, branch brought of Doctor, Doctor Who back, yeah. I meant, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he only did one season because he didn't want to be typecast, having seen what happened to all the previous actors who played the Doctor. You know, yeah. so, you know, he, he was very aware that all they were really famous for after that was Comic-Con, and he didn't want to do that. <laughs> no, he didn't. Um, so, I, th- I think I remember hearing somewhere that he saw um, a the doll figurine for him as the doctor and that partly freaked him out as well i could be wrong on that but i remember see, hearing it somewhere that yeah. he didn't like it but again you, you start talking about chris Reckleton, you start looking at um gone in 60 seconds yeah you know he was uh, malachith was... in um thor dark world oh Marquise. yeah Malachith. yeah Malachith. yeah that's right you know he he's phenomenal in that i mean yeah. it must be really difficult to learn a language that is not of this earth, I think, is the only way mm. to really describe, yeah, <laughs> describe that. If you look, though, at David Tennant, and you look at Matt Smith, mm-hmm. and you look at how much they've been in since they've had that role... Well, I'm looking at it now. Do you reckon he's kicked himself now, Christopher Eccleston? Okay, he's had some great roles, but think of how much more he could have been in. <laughs> yes and no. I think um, even with um, Eccleston having left when he did... I think he's made the choice that's right for him. I think he's mm. to be to a point. He's right what he's saying. He like he doesn't want to be typecast within that. But the the other side of that was the the gentleman who played uh, Agent Smith, right. who is also the voice of uh, Megatron. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, he managed to anger. A lot of fans in the Transformers world that he was like, well, it's just a role. I don't really have anything to do with it. I don't care. You know, they've paid me to do this voice. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. And he was so dejected from it. And I think, yeah, I think he's right in saying that. I'm probably going to know a lot of people are saying this as well, but I think he's right. It's, it's to a lot of people, it's a role. It's something that's paying the bills mm. to the next job. And, you know, that's entirely on them if they wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't see why why that's a wrong thing to have as a, an opinion for that type of role or even, mm. you know, to have a fan base of, you know, they, they're still a fan of the cartoons, they're still a fan of the, the actual, you know, the products, the toys, the figurines, the collectibles. Yeah. You know, it's a voice that isn't mm. in the cartoons. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's... Watch a new level. Oh, I, got you. I don't know if you can hear that squeaking in the background. It's, uh, I think one of my pugs is having a bit of a dream. Oh. Bless them. <laughs> um, yeah, Hugo Weaving, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's a great film that Hugo Weaving's in, and it's like way back when, and it's Priscilla Queen of the Priscilla Desert. Priscilla Queen of the Desert. And yes. I genuinely, I've seen that film, I think, <laughs> once Same. ever, and it made me laugh. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, having, you know, mm. working in in theatre and seeing like costume changes and the drama within the theatre world and obviously I've worked with a few, a few um, drag artists as well yeah it's it's brilliant it's yeah. so so funny obviously yeah, I'm good. going with the the lighter side of the film there's obviously the darker side of the film where people are uh, intolerant of that life uh, mm. saying that way of people are, people are and you know and how they want to be and I think that to me is wrong that's yeah not yeah. okay no, definitely. I totally agree. Um, another film uh, with very much a similar uh, message. Uh, let's see, 1996, uh, The Birdcage. Have you seen that? Got Robin ha- Williams. I've heard about it. I have not seen uh, it. I, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. It's got uh, Robin Williams, Nathan Lane. I love Nathan Lane. Yeah. Uh, it's also oh, got Hank Azaria. And him. Um, He's brilliant. Again, because you... And- to not to, I, I will come back to this. I'm going to tangent you again. I feel like I've, I've taken <laughs> you away from Dark Fate. So, you're right, you're right. so you haven't seen the film, so I don't want to go into too much detail. Um, but. but Nathan Lane and Hank Azaria are amazing. I absolutely think they're two of the finest 
comedic actors as well as playing a very straight character as well, considering yeah. how... <sighs> right, so Hank Azaria has, was starred in the original Broadway recording of Spamalot. Right? Yeah. He was Lancelot, and he was amazing. Nathan Lane, the producers. Right? He was also in Adam's Family. He's quite a lot of West End talent within himself. He he is such an iconic voice so you can you can yeah. hit it out like 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 nothing else. The other one is um not the way if he's done any musical one is um Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Because we've listened to the Beetlejuice soundtrack and my wife is adamant Nathan Fillion is the voice at the beginning of the soundtrack. Really? She, she she's adamant. We we tried looking for the credits, we can't find it anywhere who it is. But Adam, because it sounds so like him. Because okay. he, again, has an iconic voice. Um, speaking of Nathan Fillion, what is the first role that you remember him in, that you saw him in? Oh, it'd have to be Firefly. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, for me. Oh, we're, we're, we're starting to watch that now. Have you seen it before? I've seen the musical episode. And that's it? And I've seen, like, you know, you catch on TV and it's on in the background, yeah, yeah, yeah. you sort of watch yeah. it. Yeah, I've watched the odd bits and pieces. I will tell you nothing about Nathan Fillion's role then. Fair. All I will say is, from memory, I'm pretty confident in saying that it's in the final season. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. we are looking forward to it. We've just started now from season one. It is so, so 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've just discovered that he is also in... Save it, Private Ryan. Is he? I he is. That. I have that. So what? Now you sort of doing this, and you listening for names. You are thinking, all right, let's all right, let's be honest. Quick IMDb check. That's on our screen ready to go, just to check things. And yeah, he was in. He was in Save it, Private Ryan, and I completely forgot he was in Two Guys, a Girl, in the Pizza Place. <laughs> I'm just thinking now. There's uh, there's a game I like to play where you name two actors that have been in a film together. You have to try and think of that film. And I like to try and make it as obscure as possible. You are cruel with this one. I remember the one you did with <laughs> Mars Attacks. Oh, yeah, that's right. But no, what you've just told me there, I can now ask people, name a film with Nathan Fillion and Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So, um, yeah, any films you've seen recently? So last night we watched Shaun of the Dead because it's Halloween season. Classic. Um, there was a rumour mill, and I'm not sure how how much strength is in this, but I did hear it. I'm not sure if it was from oh, random searches on Facebook or comes up, but they were writing a sequel. Really? Called From Dusk Till Shaun. <laughs> now, obviously, whether that's actually happening or it was just like yeah. a, anything like that, but of the Cornetto trilogy that they've dubbed them. Yeah. Which is going to come under my, ne my next little random, not rant, but discussion um, <laughs> with trilogies because the mm. second one is never the best. Ever. No. I can't think of any franchise of sequels. I'll give you, there's one that we've seen which is uh, of trilogies, though, sorry. Um, I've seen one sequel that was as good as the original recently. Um, and it was uh, Babysitter Killer. <laughs> right. And okay. Babysitter Killer 2, Qu Killer Queen, I think it is the sequel, right? Mm. And Robbie Armel is amazing in that film. He is so extreme as a character. Right. He spends the almost the entire film shirtless, <laughs> and literally the kid in it was like, "Why are you shirtless?" I love films where they have just a genuine question, like he's about to be sacrificed. He's like, "Why are you Why are you, Why are you shirtless?" Yeah, I've seen it in the trailer, and they say to him, and that's the first question that comes to mind. Yeah, <laughs> and like that's that's the most relevant question at this point, you know. Yeah. And again, he's in the sequel, um, and it's so good. <laughs> it's such a good good duo, but you know, the the level of trilogies obviously we're speaking about um Oh, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying about uh like sequels not being as good as the original. 
yeah, what was the first, what was the start of this segment? Because I've, I've gone into a bit of a random <laughs> segue off into the completely different thing. Well, I was asking you like what films you've seen recently. And you said about Shaun of the Dead. and this Right, there we go. Thank you. Shaun of the, the Dead, sequel. Cornetto trilogy. Right, so you've got yeah. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and then you've got The World's End. If you were to rank those from best to worst, mm-hmm. because every trilogy do it, everyone does yeah. it in the trilogies, what would be your order? One, two, three. Are you up. serious? Shaun of, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End. I mean, you're wrong. Here is my argument. <laughs> Come on, then. Hot Fuzz is the best of the trilogy. Without shadow of a doubt, it is Hot Fuzz. Okay. I'll tell you for why. No, no matter, And for those listening, I apologize for doing this to you as well. You will never hear the words, the greater good, ever the same in a straight drama, a straight film, a, any form of hearing those words without immediately going to the film Hot Fuzz and going, the greater good. Right? I've done that and I've sent texts to my mates who are watching stuff and we're watching um, anything else. And I said, look, does anyone else do this as well? When you hear the words greater good, you think of Hot Fuzz and go, the greater good. Because my wife and I both do it. Every time without fail. You know, we're doing this for the greater good. The greater good. Without hesitation. Right? <laughs> Shaun the Dead is outstanding. Don't get me wrong. But it is nowhere near as good as the sequel of this trilogy. Yeah. You know okay. I mean? right. And then The World's End. Well. Oh, it had so much potential. I think okay. it got away from them. Yeah. Yeah. I was... I enjoyed it as a standalone film, but my expectations were higher because yes. it was deemed as being part of that trilogy. I, I get because that. it followed Hot Fuzz. <laughs> yeah. So Hot Fuzz, you got you got Shaun the Dead, and that was amazing. It was funny. There was mm. so many, you know, the uh, the second small section of I watched it last night with the swing ball. He's trying to hit it with a ball, and then said like stabbing it or hitting it with the pole. Mm. You know. Yes, there are comedy parts, and then you've got references backwards to the fence. Well, yeah. you know, taking a shortcut for four and just falling through the fence, and then obviously in uh, the Dead, jumping over the fences. Yeah. Amazing. But the third one just got. A I felt bit it became. Silly. Yeah. The, Not in the I same way that, that Shaun the Dead is, is a. Is uh, to me the correct way of how the British would respond to? Well, it clearly does <laughs> yeah. respond to a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, go to the pub and wait for it to blow. Yeah. Oh wait, no, we've closed the pubs. Right. Oh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but then you go into again hot fuzz, and it's so straight, so on with it. Yeah. And then it's you know Danny trying to break and Nicholas from being so regimented in it. And mm. to by far the one of the finest action sequences for a British comedy film towards the end. And yeah. what's really really nice about that to me is I've got the bonus DVD disc, double disc, mm. and Edgar Wright, who directed and part wrote it with Simon Pegg and across Hot Fuzz, did a very similar film as a student in college okay. in Stanford, Gloucestershire. Right. And on the <laughs> DVD is his film. What? It's I about, didn't know that. It's about 15, 20 minutes long, you know, and the Sainsbury's is in it, the supermarket shootout is in it, you know, mm. the um, the weapons uh, locker scene on the farm, there's a similar version to that. There's a lot of yeah. references back to that film that he did as a student in Hot Fuzz, which I really, really uh, enjoy is, as a, you know, little good. nods to previous things, like obviously Cornetto yeah. being the part of the trilogy. Well, when, uh, when Hot Fuzz came out, uh, I was actually working uh, for Summerfield, which is oh, where, right. they, where yeah. they actually, not this particular store, obviously, but working for a business which openly let Hollywood, effectively, or the UK version, yeah. um, to just come in and do a massive action shootout in their own, one of their stores. I just thought, wow, that's a pretty cool company to work for. Hmm. Uh, obviously, they don't exist anymore, uh, so we say no more. But uh, yeah, that was a, a pretty cool uh, little tie-in. Yeah. Um, what you were saying about the uh, the third film, um, another thing that I felt about it is that the first two, they felt very indie. Yeah. You know? So like like independent films, you know. Um, the third one, I felt like it was it had that much bigger budget, and 
it didn't feel as though Simon Pegg and Nick Frost had as much say, uh, say in, in what was being done. Yeah. It's very Hollywood. Well, yeah. talking of, I love, I love how at some point we will get to Ruby Halloween. <laughs> talking of the budget side of things, again, I am a, I like collecting certain films which have got bonus discs or decent bonus features. This is why I'm still frustrated that the first Thor film didn't come out on a double disc DVD. Mm. But the first four, three films before that, Iron Man 1, 2, and The Incredible Hulk, all did. Mm. So I've got, I'm never going to get rid of those DVDs because of the features that are in them. But going on a comic book-esque diversion, um, Kevin Smith. Yeah. You know, Clerks, Clerks 2, Dogma, Chasing Amy, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Jay and Silent Bob, Bob Strike Back again, you know, the, the, re, mm-hmm. uh, the reboot, the it? reboot, more rats, right? Yeah. Um, and I said Jason Amy? You did, yeah. Right. So, fun little things I've watched from the bonus features was um, the his mate, the produ- who was the producer, they did Clerks on a budget of $48,000. Wow. Right? They, they maxed out credit cards. They got as much money as they could. They rented out cameras on weekends, I think it was, and shot this whole thing. And it was, I think the budget was 48 grand. Wow. Right? The next film was Morats. They had a budget of something like 4 million. God, right? And you insane. look at how much was involved in that film. You had Blackman and Chronic first becoming a part of a thing with the with Kevin Smith and, and uh, mm-hmm. Jason Mewes, you've got um, obviously all of his mates who are still involved to this day with the franchise that Kevin has put together. Yeah, you know, um, Jason Lee, uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. you know, they were all there, right? And that film didn't do too well after Clerks. Right. And the next film that they did was Chasing Amy. Where Miramax gave him a budget of four hundred thousand dollars. The producer lost more hair, and oh. uh, the, I remember part of the 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 video that I was watching was that um, Kevin Smith didn't care. He wanted to make sure Ben Affleck, the usual suspects, were all involved in this film. Mm. Um, and he's like, "I don't care what you want. I want to make a film with my friends." That's like that's really nice. I mean, yeah. Take away the rest of it. You want to do something with your mates, and you want to you want to keep it involved. You want to keep that, you know, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Jason Mewes. You know, I think Jason Lee was in that one as well. I think that's mm. really nice. Mm. As it's brave as well. It's, brave. It is, and it, yeah. it did well. Yeah, if you get that kind of funding. Yeah, and they did it. Turn around to see that. Wow, that was a very. Not to say you could tell, because I you, I don't think you could tell the budget had dropped so substantially. Um, and again, I could have the numbers off somewhat, but I know it was definitely a reduced budget to do the entire shoot for Chasing Amy. And it's a really, really amazingly good film. Mm. I don't. I think anything that um, Kevin Smith has touched has been great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chasing Amy is one that I think I watched once years ago. So yeah. I'm I'm actually going to add that to my uh, to That's my watch list, list to, to just to refresh my memory on it. Because yeah, because I, so I definitely want to watch the reboot. I just haven't found it or um, on the streaming services yet or yeah. uh, it's, on um, yet. I'm pretty sure it's on uh, Sky Movies. I think. Oh. Pretty sure it's on Sky Movies. So yeah. So chasing Amy, there we chasing go. Added to my list. Nice. Uh, yeah. So um, one of the other sort of sequels that I felt were better than the original. Go on. Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Just to bring it back to that. Yeah. I I would yeah. agree with I, there. There are there are instances where a sequel is better than the original. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you go Terminator Three, isn't quite sequely enough. Mm. But then three into um, four is. Yeah. I'd argue yeah. that as two separate, you know, sequel mm. branches of the franchise works absolutely fine. 
Yeah. I really enjoyed um, Liquid Metal, as everyone was calling him. Um, <laughs> and he's walking through the bars, the most insane oh, yeah. scene in a film. Fantastic. Very clever. So good. Um, but again, you, you look at Die Hard, the original trilogy of Die Hard. Mm-hmm. What, again, is your movie order for those three? Uh, three, one, two. Acceptable. <laughs> that is acceptable. Yeah, Samuel I, Jackson, I feel, steals the show in uh, Die Out with a Vengeance. I'm just glad you put two as the last one because it was the worst. It was. It was. It was it's the, I find it's, it's the least memorable. I think back to it and it I is think, yeah, the it least, happens in an uh, airport. That's... <laughs> it is the least uh, memorable. You're absolutely right. Um, I'm going to say something. I'm just trying to find the right before I offend and do a traditional um, not nice thing of saying. There is a character in that film who I I feel really bad in saying this, but he feels very much like um, he was a mate of somebody's and wanted to get into acting, so was given this role. And it, it, it's the gentleman in the watchtower. Okay. Um, and I'm just trying to make sure I get find the right person. Not you. Not Johnny Moss. I'm going to have a look as well, because I can't picture that person. He genuinely... He was so... I took it wrong. He's probably a fantastic actor. But I... His... Art Evans... That's his name, Art Evans. And he's Art done Evans. loads. In all fairness, okay. he's done loads of things. He's got 118 credits to his name. He's done, he's made a wonderful career for him. But to me, in that particular film, it was very slapstick slash not believable as a character. Just trying to find a picture now of that scene. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. This is this film was thirty years ago. That's a depressing number to say out loud. <laughs> right? This is nineteen ninety. In fact, it's just turned thirty recently. Mm. Yeah. Well, this um, this rumor that uh, Bruce Willis has done another Die Hard film behind closed doors. Have we heard about this? So he it was either going to be called McLean, mm. or there was something else. It's been talked about for a while after the last film. Mm. Well, there was, it's still uh, rumoured, actually. Yeah, there was some uh, activity oh. on Twitter recently. Die um, Hard is back. Yeah. Short. I'm just trying to find it now, because there was a tweet. Uh, so, yeah, the way... That, I think Bruce Willis himself actually put it on his Twitter, and uh, it turns out... Uh, well, I say it turns out. I mean, I've, I did a bit of digging around this, but yeah. apparently... It's a commercial. Yeah, it's not an saw, actual film. It's, yeah, you know, Jerusalem batteries keep it. on going and going, and I, I think it's obviously paying reference to the fact that what's the most iconic line from, albeit from the second one, is another elevator shaft, another air vent. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which you, you know, yeah. bang on. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think he's he's putting McLean to bed. I think, which is given that that character is now 32 years old mm. you know it's it's a lot it's a, isn't it? it's a lot and I again don't get me wrong uh, 1988 there we go so yeah 32 years old is Die yeah. Hard and uh, if you think about some of the the, the more recent sequels yeah. <laughs> not the best no I did enjoy Justin Long though in Die Hard 4.0 he is a, yeah, he, is a but... he is a character, a person again who has not aged. No, that's true. Uh, Very Paul true. Rudd falls into that category oh, as well. He's, he's on what, some 50, sort of magic 52? juice. Mm. You know, so, um, I, I Andy Samberg. All fall yeah. in this category. I have not aged. I saw, I saw an article uh, of people for like actors in 1990 and today. Yeah. And uh, I mean, a lot of them looked rough. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> now but or then. then? <laughs> now, <laughs> but uh, Paul Rudd, he looked identical. Yeah, thirty years difference, and he looked identical. He, he was does, insane. He has not aged. It's crazy. Yeah, he's not <laughs> aged. Um, so the last one I had on my list here, 
Yeah. Uh, was one I've watched recently. Right. Hoobie uh, Halloween. And I know from discussions with you that you've seen it too. I, I have a love for Adam Sandler, which yeah. I don't think a lot of people do have. And I think he's, he's brilliant in yeah. what he does, which is, yeah. it is the slapstick. It is the straight films. It is mm-hmm. comedy and there are, or a straight film with comedy arms. He is amazing. I, I know that, um, there's a there's a an amazing little little thing came from the because obviously Happy Madison came from is Adam Sanders production company. Yeah. Um so you look at anything that Happy Madison has done, likelihood is Adam Sanders involved in it mm-hmm. or as part of it. But there was a produced the the guy who was in charge of, of looking after Happy Madison uh, left after I think about doing it for twenty odd years. Okay. And the reason he left is he's basically I think although tongue-in-cheek, was that uh, he'd kept Adam Sandler on the screen for 20 years. I can't be doing this any longer. Because <laughs> it's, it's great. He's, you know, um, I lost the page I had. I had the list of Adam Sandler movies. And you look yeah. at it and you go, actually, these are a lot of pretty, really good films. Oh, yeah. There was, um, I mean, there's one I want to mention, uh, which isn't by no means a comedy. Uh, and then there's a recent one, so we'll come on to that in a bit. Okay. But, uh, you know, one, one of the earlier uh, Adam Sandler films that I watch and enjoy yep. uh, has to be Fifty First Dates. Do you like Fifty First Dates? Yeah, really enjoyed that one. It was a really, really nice film. Yeah. It's got to be said. It, it was. was. And, of course, The Wedding Singer as well. Oh well, of course you you bring them back to yeah. to Barrymore, and I bloody yeah. loved Wedding Singer, and they've, again they turned that one into a musical, and it is a great soundtrack. For that film. Okay. Yeah, uh, a good uh, one of my favourite sort of singer songwriter comedians, uh, Stephen Lynch, uh, got a Tony nominate Tony nomination for his role as Robbie Hart in that musical. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do thoroughly enjoy Adam Sandler's work. Again, you look at it from. What, 1989, his career on film started. Yeah. You know, I'm trying nice. to work out when he started creating the production company. It looks like it was at the Waterboy. That makes sense. Looking at it. Um, yeah. But you look at, you go, Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo, Little <laughs> Nicky, you know, yeah. Joe Dirt, which, if I'm not mistaken, um, isn't that Andy Samberg? I think it is, yeah. Uh, oh no, it's not David Spade. David Spade. Yeah, well, again, what's really oh, yeah, again, yeah. what's really quite nice about the Adam Sandler franchise in itself is you go, you start having again his mates, the recurring mm. characters. You know, you look at and he, he did the same within uh, Hoobie Halloween, and we genuinely spent uh, the film trying to work out right where are they, where are the cameos, where are, where mm. is the gang. Before we really go into the film, though, I just want to give a a proper spoiler alert because it is a new film. Yeah. So you know we are going to be talking through some of the cameos and some of the jokes within the film. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if if you haven't watched it yet, guys, just uh, might want to watch the film and come back to us. Yeah. (laughs) Now that you have stayed on board because you want to listen to the the cameos and you've enjoyed it as well, uh, let's begin. We spent most of the film trying to work out when um, Rob Schneider was turning up. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. He was one of the ones we were looking for. And I was looking for, um, I just love the start of it, Ben Stiller. You know, from yes. uh, Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. it, was, it was amazing. I just, you know, you sort of see it and it's like, oh my God, I haven't seen that film in a while. I need to go back and rewatch the entire Adam Sandler back catalogue. Of acting credits, which I think I was just looking at it now. He's done 64 feature films. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's one that I watched recently, I just sort of touched on it a minute ago, which um, wasn't a comedy. Um, it was very, uh, very much a straight role. Yeah. Uh, Uncut Gems. Be meaning to see that one because that's the one uh, he's, yeah. a, he's a. He's, he's like a diamond um, trader. Yeah, broker. That's it. Yeah. Um, I I'm gonna give my honest opinion on it. Okay. I didn't enjoy it. No, I didn't. And the reason for it, I think the story was good. Yeah, the acting was good, but 
the the whole film was just one piece of dialogue, in my opinion. There was just so there was so much dialogue just thrown into that film, and it was just. I mean, I don't know how long it is, like two, two and a half hours, something like that. Quite a long film. Yeah. Felt long anyway. But all the dialogue overlaps one another, like a lot. Oh, man. And it's, it's really hard to keep track. And it's really fast paced dialogue. And it was, it, I'm saying dialogue a lot here, but that for me is what let the yeah. film down. Uh, yeah, that, that was, but it was a tough watch. I managed to stay through to the end, but it was a tough watch. I had a headache at the end of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see that. I also, because um, the same year that that came out, which was, it was last year, was Murder Mystery. Yes. With, yeah. um, what, Rachel? Yeah. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Because that's, again, <laughs> it was, again, quite nice within Adam Sandler's know, cinematic universe of himself is mm. the nice friendships he's got with, with actors and actresses. That he brings yeah. back into roles. So obviously, he did um, just go with it with Jennifer mm-hmm. Anderson. Yeah. Um, but they've been friends for years. They've been friends for ever. I think. I, yeah, yeah. Not sure where how far back it goes, but I think they've been good friends for a very, mm-hmm. very long time. I mentioned a moment ago that article I saw with the before and yeah. now pictures. And uh, one of them was actually Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler together in a photo. Yeah. In, I think it was 94 or 96. All right. And uh, in 2020. And uh, yeah, it, it was like two kids and now uh, two adults, one of them being really hot, by the way, just saying. <laughs> well, I mean, Adam Sandler is an absolute stud. <laughs> you know, but is he, he's, you know, the, the, the only. I think there's a couple of everyone will go that that was awful. I was saying it's a case of they don't like Adam Sandler, they don't like what the characters were or anything like that. But the only one I think was a bit to me was the cobbler character he did. You know, and the cobbler film, sorry. Okay. I've actually uh, seen that one. So the the premise is he is a cobbler, he repairs shoes. Okay. And the saying, uh, you don't know what it's like until you walked a mile in my shoes. If he puts on their shoes after using this, I think it was a specific cobbling item or a hammer or something like that. Something, something that happened, he had to change his tools because it broke, repair his shoes, he's testing them on to make sure they all were fine, and he became that person. Okay. Um, and it's, in all fairness, it's, there is highs and lows within, the, within that film in itself. You know, there are a lot of comedy moments where he's in someone else's shoes and he looks like that person mm. and, and things like that. And it, it, it's... It's an odd one to me of the of the stuff that he's done. That was a very, very weird sort of film. Mm. It uh, sounds like there's a bit of, like you say, there's a bit of comedy to it, is there? Yeah. But, oh okay. yeah. But it's got a, a serious message behind it. Is I it? think there's a lot of there's a lot of serious notes within it. It's okay. it's a very straight sort of film. Mm. I think the characters alone. He's taken over his um, business. I think from his father who's passed away. You know, it's very sort of somber, but again, there are, as any outside movie, there is a bit of a comedy element within it, yeah, which I think is yeah. quite nice as a film. But to me, the film overall wasn't right. Okay, I'm going to throw a, a film title at you then to see yeah. your thoughts on this. Click. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, wonderful characters within that. I did actually quite like Click. I mean, I don't know who in their right mind would fast forward over their life with, um... oh, what's her name? Jesus. Kate Beckinsale, isn't it? Kate Beckinsale, yes. The Kate Beckinsale. The Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> um, who was married to Charlie Sheen? No, Michael Sheen. Sorry, Michael Sheen. Yeah. Which? Blows your mind, doesn't that? It does blow your mind. The guy from just down the road, Port Albert. Port Albert. And there's two mindsets for that, and I apologise for saying that. One, he is punching. Oh, yeah. And two, my God, he is punching. Um, <laughs> but no, I... Cricket is a weird film. I'll give you that. It's an odd It's an odd one to sort of watch. I don't know, again, I wouldn't know who would fast-forward past Kate mm. Beckinsale. I think she is incredible. Not just yeah. because of the tight leather outfit she wore in Underworld franchise <laughs> itself, of which there is no bad movie. Again, what an exception to the rule. Again, depends where you're looking. Um, no. <laughs> she's great in everything she's done. Mm. 
Serendipity with Serendipity, um, yes. John Cusack. I'm a big fan yeah. of John Cusack, and I love that film uh, when yeah. I was younger. Again, it's oh, one proper feel good uh, film, isn't it? It's is a proper good feel feel good film, and it's prop and it's quite nice in the sort of the the chaos of the world of the mm. uh, of that world trying to find a book and a twenty dollar bill with each other's number on it, and they spent yeah. years trying to find it, and it, it disappears, and then oh, there it is, it's back. You mean mm. it's it's it yeah. I think the the real message that I got from that as well is that you might re- meet the right person, but you might not meet them at the right time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was good. But she's also then, in um, Van Helsing. Yes. Yeah, she is. No, I quite enjoyed that one with, again with um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Am I right? Is Hugh Jackman? Yes. Yeah, you are. I thought it was. I was like, mad then. <laughs> Uh, but with the uh, Hoobie Halloween, though, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. No. Um, someone I felt that really um, stole the show in that film. I'll just get the actual actress's name, because you know where I'm going with this, probably. Uh, Is it Julie Brown? No. Hang on. Uh, where are we? Cast, cast, cast. It would be <laughs> uh, June Squibb. His mother. You? Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> yes. With the t-shirts, a woman yes. after my own heart. Oh. I have got an entire drawer full of t-shirts like that. <laughs> Inappropriate uh, t-shirts. Entirely well, well, so. I'm currently wearing a Tenacious D post-apocalypto tour t-shirt, right? And there's <laughs> boobs, and I think there's a couple of peni on here as well. I might be mistaken, yeah. but yeah, it's. I can't wear this out. I can't wear this to work. Um, <laughs> and there's a couple of t-shirts I have not worn to work for fear of offending. If not one person, everyone. Oh, we all and, need t-shirts. Like and that. I love having the t-shirts. I, it's a tradition from family members that will get me novelty t-shirts. And that yeah. woman has all the t-shirts I really want. They were <laughs> amazing. Well, you're talking about t-shirts there. I'm, I'm currently wearing a t-shirt that I bought when I was uh, working in Malta for a month. And all right. It's, um, you have to bear with me with this now. So it's the pub. Okay. And on the back, I don't know if you can read this, or if it's going to be backwards. Can you see, oh, can you see this? Right. Eight pints of lager, 12 double rubs, 14 stand-up, 14 whiskies. Legend. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that was Oliver Reed's final drinks order when he died at that pub. Oh, my God. Without paying his bill <laughs> um, during the filming of Gladiator. Jeez. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's a that's an interesting way to. Yeah, that situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had loads of uh, memorabilia there, but to be fair, I think okay, t-shirts and magnets, things like that, are a bit. But the place that the whole uh, pub itself—it's only small. It's just one small room with a bar on the opposite um, yeah. side, side to the entrance, but um, it's almost like a. a on a a tribute to Oliver Reed. You know, they've got all these really all nice. the pictures up from his acting career and you know it's and also they've got to pay uh, they've done all this memorabilia to pay for his uh, last bar tab as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a really nice place. Like, but uh, a bit of history there as well. Nice, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, those uh, those t-shirts that you're on about in the film, fantastic. Yeah. Some fantastic they're great. Ones. They're, they're just so wildly inappropriate for the person's wearing them that it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. And, and when she's on screen with uh, with her friend as well. Yes, and she's and got the same t-shirts on. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we were howling with laughter. Uh, it's one of those... When... There's, there's, there comes to a point when you watch a film in a house, you've got to work out whether or not you're going to eat before watching the film or eat <laughs> yes. during watching the film. I can tell you now, I was glad I had food before watching that film. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. the... Laughter that came from the pair of us were, was just outstanding. There's yeah. so many um, wonderful moments within that film, mm. you know. And so, and but again, I spent part half the film watching, get thoroughly engaged. I I loved every part of it. There was no, I don't think there's anything that was like wrong. It's like trying to work out who was doing it again. 
it is again, it's a wonderful who done it as well. Yeah. And you obviously you lot enjoy watching the cameos, the people you are familiar with for all of the of the Sandler franchise, Rob Schneider, Steve Buscemi, you know, mm-hmm. Kevin James, who started who's coming into it quite a lot now as well. She grown up yeah. one and two, Hotel Transylvania, one, two, and three, and I think there's a fourth one on the way as well. Yeah. yeah. You know. And then you got, I think, you know, Keenan, Keenan Thompson, Keenan and Kel. Keenan, who's now in it. I was like, oh my God, he what? Is. He and is. Stiller, uh, who's well. come back He's... from one as well. Obviously, his wife, yeah. Adam Sandler's wife, is still making the nice cameos in all of his films mm-hmm. as a small little character. And I love, I love the fact that he's got his wife in these films with him. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's a combination of trying to work out, right, I've, there's one of them. I was gutted. I was like, I'm sure I've seen him in something. I know he's been in another uh, Adam Sandler film. And he wasn't. I was gutted. I was like, I'm sure he has. And it was um, Ray uh, Leiter, I, I, I'm probably saying that wrong, who was the sort of one of the bullies, um, the right. sharp dress suit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm sure he's been in one of the other films. I'm sure of it. I'm frantically yeah. looking through it all. I couldn't. Ray Leiter. Yeah, Ray Leiter. Yeah, Ray Leiter. He's been loads of He was in um, uh, Reservoir Dogs. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was in. Uh, Field of Dreams. Yeah. Another one. Um, what's the more recent one? He also had a. He's also got a voice cameo. credit in uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yeah, nice. He had a cameo in uh, an episode of Modern Family. And of course, um, who else is in Modern Family that was in Hoobie Halloween? Yes, who was also in Happy Gilmore. She was. Julie Brown was in Happy Gilmore. Ah, she okay. was the PA. Uh, was it a PA she was? I she was, she that. was, I see that. yeah, she was in Happy Gilmore. She was Virginia Bennett. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, nice. I uh, just love the fact, again, with reference back to, you know, where's the page I had open for how far back Adam Sandler films are? I've lost it now. <laughs> you know, you're talking, well, well, where is it gone? Happy Gilmore. Let's find Happy Gilmore. How old that film is in itself. There we Happy Gilmore, 1996. 24 That's years crazy. later. Yeah. 24 years later, he's working with her again. <laughs> um, there was a bit of news that I read on the back of uh, Hoobie Halloween, which was quite sad, really. Um, and that was, uh, you know, um, the, the news anchor in, in the film. And they they were all dressed up as um, uh, oh my god blank Batman. Uh, help me out, yeah, mate. Joker. Um... No, the woman. Mine's gone completely blank. Which woman now? They're all dressed up as her. All the news anchors. Oh, Harley Quinn. Um, Harley Quinn. That's it. I, I knew it began with a H. But um, uh, yeah, because it's it's Alina, the. Ha- Harley Quinn character from um, the Suicide Squad. That's it, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, Alana, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Alana Pinto, she's uh, a real-life news anchor. Yeah, she she lost her job. job. Yeah. She lost her job because uh, apparently she's quoted as saying that she mistakenly violated her contract with the station. Yeah. Which is such a shame because, I mean, it's a sense of humour, you know, and... I think that's no, what the world and, needs and, at the moment. And I, I get that. And I, 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 I do empathize for it. I think it's, it's, um, I can't even say it. it's a shitty thing to do. It, the problem within it is obviously she was a breach of contract, but she didn't know at the time when she did it, hmm. which I think is where it's all come from. I think, I think she stepped down or she's been asked to leave or whatever the agreement or arrangement has been. Unfortunately, hmm. I think. I think it was mutual. I don't think there was any malice behind what had happened. Yeah. Uh, I think they just went and said, look, you are a breach of contract. You couldn't have done this. I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go. Mm. But I think she's still going to make a career well for herself, either being as a, a, as a, as a TV presenter in the news, said, that, or she might, because of this segue, mm. go into acting. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think she's going to be shy of work in either no. respect. Not at all, not at all. I just think it was a, a, a sad story that came on the back of the film. I know, I, 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 was, I saw that news article. I felt, I felt really sorry for her as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think 
it's yeah, it's just unfortunate one of those things, isn't it? Yeah. Um, can we just uh, move on to another cameo that I want to mention? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Now that man, I got to give him credit for just taking the piss out of himself. You've got to enjoy people who do brilliant. that. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the radio voice. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know what to say about it other than laugh, to be fair. But uh, when uh, when he introduces his wife as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But again, this is another character who's been in a previous Sandler film. Mm. You know, Grown Ups 2. I'm going through the list now, Grown Ups 2. That's why I see Jack and Jill as himself. There's a combination of, of Shaquille O'Neal acting as himself or as a character, which I quite like. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was in Good Burger. Yes. Oh was, my God, Good Burger! <laughs> Welcome to Good Burger. Home, Home good of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? Outstanding. <laughs> Can I have a good shake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Oh, he was Shaq in the Lego Movie as well. There we go. Makes again. sense. Amazing. Yeah, that was a fantastic cameo. I, I did laugh heavily at that. It's yeah. <laughs> it, I have enjoyed that part. There we are from a list back now. Um, but yeah, that was a nice cameo. And the voice, yeah, you're right. It was outstanding. Uh, creepiest thing ever of that film was the sandwich eating of that section as well. Yeah. <laughs> Good on them for keeping a straight face. Though. Oh my God, I don't think I could have. Uh, no, the uh, the outtakes, they, they have me chuckling as well. That is the one thing. So, obviously, I'm fully aware we're, we're going to come to an end soon. Mm. Yeah, we've, we've been talking for insert time length here. Uh, <laughs> we've been talking for a while now, but the one thing I will say off streaming services, which I think they need to sort of get on with personally is, and Disney Plus is the only one I can, I've seen do this now. And I, and I, I thank yeah. Disney for this. I know They have put bonus features on the streaming service. Yes. I can watch <laughs> the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe and watch the gag reels, the deleted scenes, uh, the behind the scenes, the documentaries they made for every single movie. Mm-hmm. I could do the same for quite a lot of the other franchise stuff on there. There's, you know, there's um, they've also done specific behind the scenes stuff, behind the magic and, and with Star Wars. I know that I've done that with Mandalorian and things like that. Yeah. I just want Netflix to do the same and other no, streaming totally. services to do the same. You know, you watch, um, like I said, we were talking about Shaun the Dead and Hot Fuzz, that that back behind the scenes thing. Mm. How cool would it be to watch that on your on your TV and you stream the film? Have you seen oh, totally. outtakes? The gag reels alone would just be entertaining alone. Yeah, you know, I, I remember I, uh, before like Amazon Prime became what it was. Uh, I think it was what Love Film. Yeah, and uh, you know you could order the DVDs in the post, and you had all of the. And Netflix was the same. Well. Netflix did the same. Netflix was a postal yeah. service as well. Exactly, but it's just a shame that they haven't included that in their streaming services at the moment. I think uh, that's exactly what you what you're saying there is that. That's what's missing, isn't to it? To me, that's what's missing. It's, you know, mm. we watched Hooby Halloween. There has got to be so, so much gag reel footage oh, yeah. of that film with Adam Sandler, with Kevin James, mm. with um, Steve Buscemi, Rob Schneider, Christ, yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, Keenan Thompson. There, you know, there's enough per- people in that that are naturally hilarious. Yeah. You know, again, you, there's going to be more outtakes to be than a, was in the. In there's going to be more credit. outtakes probably than the actual film length in itself. Yeah. yeah exactly. right? And I'm not saying I want all of that. I'm, what I'm saying is I want 10 minutes of just them trying to do a scene and breaking character or something mm. happen or someone just making anything. Yeah. Just, it's, it's what's missing. <laughs> well, it is. It really is. Uh, so, did you have any other points you wanted to raise on the film? No, just that uh, Netflix and other streaming services need to get their bonus features uh, yeah. ordered up, ready Definitely. to go. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, so, uh, one thing I would love to sort of hear from some of the listeners is if they've got any thoughts on on this film. Uh, if they want to send in a thirty-second or sixty-second little voice clip, uh, just to give us your review, and uh, we'll check it in on one of the the next podcasts uh, but also uh, if you've got any uh, reviews of your favorite films 
or your least favorite films, you know, get involved, send us your voice clips. Um, the contact details will be in the show notes. So, uh, you know, feel free to email us and uh, we'll definitely look to feature you and we'll get through as many as we can because we don't know how many we're going to get. <laughs> no, we're looking forward to hearing them. We will yeah. and we yeah. will do our damnedest to include all of you in our show. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, and also if you would like us to talk about any uh, particular film, um, if you don't want to do a voice message, just drop us a message on any of our social media. Uh, just look for Chattertainment on you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, let us know what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast.